I am Siggy, born and raised in St. Catharines, Ontario, and now living in the nation's capital of Ottawa. And I'm Jesse, born in Manila, Philippines, raised in Toronto, Canada, and schooled all over southwestern Ontario. You're listening to the Hala Hala podcast, a delicious mix of pop culture and the Filipino-Canadian life. Before we start our podcast, we'd like to acknowledge the lands we're podcasting on. I'm podcasting from the traditional lands of the Huron-Wendat, the Seneca, and most recently, the Mississaugas of the Credit River. And I'm podcasting from the traditional, unceded territory of the Algonquin and Anishinaabeg people. Welcome to our taste test episode, where we sample something fresh from the pop culture buffet, and then we will tell you what we think. And on this episode of the taste test, we sampled No Time to Die, the latest entry in the James Bond franchise. Sigs, oh my gosh, can I just tell you, this is the first movie in a long time that I actually saw in theater and going through this whole kind of rigmarole of getting into the theater. And it was just so such a strange experience seeing a movie like in such a long time. It's been like two and a half years probably since I last saw a movie. I saw it with my friend Ray and the last movie she and I saw was Bad Boys in, 20, <laughs> in January and like February 2020, early February 2020, I think a week before I ended up seeing wow. you in 2020. And she came back. She's like, it felt a bit normal and it was quite nice. Yeah. But it's really funny because if you saw my Instagram story, Daniel Craig, the poster, they put a mask on him and a hand sanitizer That's on hilarious. his at my movie theater. <laughs> so I thought that was really great. Let's get right down to it. Kuya, what did it taste like? So what did it taste like? For me, it tasted like a Moscato Dasty. It Oof. is a sweet, white, sparkling wine. It is basically a dessert wine that has lots of bubbles. Now, for my family, we usually use this as a New Year's Eve replacement for champagne. What had happened was years ago, I was just tired of hearing everyone taste the champagne after toasting and saying that it tasted like calamance. So I just thought, you know what? I know that my family skews more towards a sweeter palate. So I thought, you know, Mm -hmm. we're going to get, instead of toasting... With champagne, we're going to toast with a Moscato Dasty. And in a lot of ways, that's that's what it felt like. It was a nice finish to this set of movies by Daniel Craig playing James Bond for the last five. I was going to say episodes, but really last five movies. Exactly. To me, one of my most favorite drinks, it's actually my drink of choice is a gin and tonic. Mm. I really like, I think I've evolved as I'm in my 40s, but I really do like a Tanqueray, but... Usually at Christmas, they have Tanqueray 10, which comes in a different bottle. Yeah. One of my best favorite times of having this gin and tonic late at night was I was in Vegas at the Bellagio playing 21 at a table, like a cheap, like $5 table. It was the best drink. And it was like about 4 a.m. I was playing with a friend that I was good friends with back then and just luxurious, enjoyable. And stepping in and watching this movie just reminded me of that. You know, that little bit of nice slice of life, a little bit of luxury. And that's what it really interested me. Exactly. And it's like nearing the end of a night. Like yeah. this is like the denouement and I think it, it matches it well. So that's, I, I guess that's, I would, a really good gin and tonic in this case, Tank 10. Yes. Was it worth the pop culture calories? And then some folks, we've been in pandemic and this movie's been delayed. The last Bond film was in 2015. It is 2021. I can't believe that. Yeah. I was in my VIP. I had my Coke Zero and popcorn ready. The first moments drew me in. What about you? Was it worth the pop culture calories for you? Yeah, I would have to say it was indeed worth it. I mean, I can see now why they had postponed it a couple of times. In fact, numerous times because Mm -hmm. they wanted to put it out there. There was certainly 
an arc that they wanted to follow. And of course, to just kind of put it on streaming devices would have been okay, but I think it was well worth seeing it. There were just some gorgeous sweeping landscapes that I absolutely love that we'll probably get into the next section, but I certainly found it worth it. You know, Michael commented on the way out of the theater that he found it a little bit longer and I would have to agree with him. There were some third act problems because I think they had to set up at the beginning you know, the connection between Spectre and this particular movie and the mm-hmm. setup to the villain as well, Safin. Mm-hmm. So I think because of that, just made me think, oh, I wonder if it was an afterthought in terms of this franchise, in terms of how they were going to wrap it up. If I recall after Spectre, that could have been the conclusion, but I think the success of the Craig Bond movies like took them in for one more option probably, but they really needed to kind of figure out a, a way from Spectre to where they were. So anytime you see kind of like five years later, it's like, oh, you know, they didn't really think this through. Considering the first four movies, they really thought the connection amongst those four. So they really had to kind of find a thread, I thought, you know, and I yeah. they had to do a bit of storytelling at the beginning that then felt like a separate movie unto itself. But nevertheless, still worth it. I thought it was a nice kind of, if you will, bookend to this set of Bond movies that Craig did. Yeah, it was a little long. Like, we went in there at 9.45. I didn't come out till 1. Yeah, we went in at 6.45, and we didn't get out until 9.45. And I know that it had started at 7.05 in our theater. And Mm a bit of a delay, simply because I think they were still getting people in, and people weren't used to showing their vaccine certificates so there was a bit of like logistics that they had to kind of get through Mm -hmm. so we didn't really start on time but yeah it was like two and a half to four two hours and 40 minutes i think probably was the total running time yeah yeah it it was long yeah but nevertheless nevertheless it was it was still good now for you what did it remind you in the pop culture buffet it was bond canon like and they even brought like the essences of the 70s like you have a lair a poison (laughs) lair from with rami malek who was not in it that much, but he was vamping it up. Right. Honestly, like those hallmarks, the doomed loves of Bond playing off at the beginning. I don't know about you, what you just said, the majestic landscapes. Honestly, when he comes in after the first credits, Italy, it was like reading Vacation in Leisure magazine. I have mm. not traveled. And I'm actually traveling in about two, three weeks. Yeah. And I was just wonderlusting. I don't know about, it felt romantic, right? Kuya, did you feel that with like with being with Misha? Just like, oh, just leisure dinner, driving in a fast car. Like, it totally it was that. Beautiful. It was it totally gorgeous. was that. It was gorgeous, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's certainly... It had sweeping and lush landscapes. And for me, of course, it reminds me of other Bond films, as you were just saying. Yeah. Followed certain, if you will, checkboxes or ticks that it's right. that most Bond movies have. And it also reminded me of the Bourne franchise because it too also has sweeping and lush landscapes. There's also intrigue, a sense of romance. And I think the reason why these Craig Bond films did so much better than let's say the Pierce Brosnan Bond films Uh. is is that they were much more in accordance with spy movies in a post 9-11 world. And I think that that really changed the way people kind of look at spy craft and it being portrayed. And I think the Bourne franchise was one of the first to actually re-realize that or reconceptualize all of that. Oddly, the Star Wars franchise, too, is also what it evoked. Because every time I watch a Star yeah. Wars movie, you know, you usually have four or, f- or three different landscapes. 
And it certainly showed me that. It was like, you know, seeing Italy was just incredible. Seeing parts of Norway or that part of the world, incredible. Like, Mm. it was just, those landscapes were just beautiful and lush and I couldn't get enough of it. And then I would say that the last thing that it reminded me on the pop culture buffet was, I don't know if you ever saw this kind of like TV series called Strike Back. It was like a special forces, kind of same thing, like a special off the books outfit of MI6 and it was Mm -hmm. by Cinemax. And so they had like Uh five seasons and they had different people in it, like tough MI6 agents and stuff like that. That's kind of what it also reminded me of. And again, it was reminiscent of how spycraft TV shows and movies started to change after a post 9-11 world and reminded me of this particular TV series too, as well. What did you appreciate about it? I have many, many comments and, you know, I'm usually a gusher, but I had a little bit of a lens of little critique and don't get me wrong, listeners. I loved it. I loved the movie. I thought it was great. I love Daniel Craig. I have a lot of comments and we're going to play off each other. Now, listen, Mm. I do enjoy the evolution of the Bond girl. Yes. There is an evolution. There is strength. Lashana Lynch's character as the new 007 and both of them trying to find respect for each other as he's old school, retired, and she jokes about it, but still respectful to calling him commander and still being ahead of the game. I have tons of things to say about Anna de Armas playing Paloma and then his romance with Leah Sadu playing, is it Madeline? Yes, Madeline. Swan. Madeline Swan. The evolution of the Bond girl is great. I always think the pun swan is because it's a swan song, but you know, like, through history, and I've said this um, in our full episode, it's always tongue-in-cheek. It's Christmas Jones. It's Holly Goodhead. It's, Mm. you know, Pussy Galore. But with this, there was an evolution. There was much more strength and stuff. I thought that's something I sort of appreciated. The humor was great. We all know that Fieber Wally Bridge was in there punching up the script. Like, when you have a middle of a takedown in Cuba of them trying to capture an asset, like the Russian medical guy, scientist, you definitely have to stop at a bar (laughs) and make some drinks. Totally. That action right? duo. It was like it was like a, was it was like a drink break. <laughs> and they looked right. great, and Anna de Armas was like, "Wow, wow, 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 wow!" in the dress, and she's just like, "I just got off training three weeks. Okay, let's get to <laughs> it." And they just got it right in there, like teacher and learner, a little cute sexiness at the beginning, but he felt like an older brother. Like, okay, I'll get dressed. Thank you for the tucks, and we'll get ready. And their eyes were on the ball, and she exited right simply, right? Even though I was like, "Am I watching Knives Out?" I feel like I'm. I thought you I know, know it felt Daniel like Craig I had to tell Michael in the Southern middle accent. of the, it was Knives Out. The, yeah. the women from Knives Out. Yeah, I, it was interesting because they broke a trope, a typical Bond trope, mm-hmm. where it is very much there is some type of action duet between Bond and the Bond girl. And mm-hmm. then somehow at the end, you know, he ends up sleeping with her, and it was like, or none she's of that. Ter- terminated. Yeah. Yeah. And she wasn't, and I sort of like that. She's like, come back again. It was just like powerful and just like you know what now i'm not a, just a pretty face i'm here to help you get to your goal That's and it was right. just like I'll, I'll see you soon this is where i leave you and i'm just like listen ben affleck i mean it's great that you're back with j-lo but damn mm. anna darmas <laughs> that's right let's pivot to that's you right. for some of your appreciates and we'll come back to me because i have much yeah, more to say I, what you were your big really shots appreciate it, especially yeah, for me. this whole set of bond movies with daniel craig in it is this is mm-hmm. that they've gotten back to the person in other words to james bond yes. himself you know mm-hmm. they didn't really get caught too caught up in the gadgetry there'd always be like tens of gadgets that he was having and stuff like that and it would just be kind of At some point, it was just, yeah, it was really campy or too much or over the top. I think that that was the past mistakes of previous Bond movies. I think the other thing, too, was they didn't get so overly complicated on the weapons of mass destruction. 
it was very clear. It's like, here's the weapon. This is how you target people. And then that's it. And like, we didn't need to get like a huge explanation of how this particular weapon works. So I just thought it, it was good. And then I really appreciated the consistent tone of this particular movie with how it fits in with the rest. And so I think you kind of have to watch No Time to Die with everything else. And I think it was just a, enough restraint and edit that made it really great. But I think for me, the masterpiece was probably that motorcycle stunt in Matara, Italy. I just don't know how they did that. They, he's driving and then he up the cliff and basically interrupts yeah. a funeral. It was just incredible. I mean, that was almost equivalent to that whole long sequence in Spectre with the Mexico sequence. Was it Spectre in the, the Mexico, Mexico se sequence or was that uh, Skyfall? I can't remember. At this moment, I'm having a... a nevertheless, yes, where, nevertheless, yeah. that Mexico sequence said, yeah. was just, just on par with that motorcycle. That took my breath away. And then I think the last thing that I want to say was the, just these subtle tributes, you know, that they did. That, you know, Judy Dench as M, like we saw like at one point in the hallway, we see framed picture of her. And then the biggest mm. surprise was hearing the gender pronouns being used by Q on his upcoming date. And then it was like, oh my God, he's gay. Okay, I have lots of comments. Yes, I have lots what of are comments. your comments? So, okay, Q or whatever is great. I thought that was a great thing. Okay, he was cooking things in the basket. Those zucchini <laughs> yeah. would have been burnt. The zucchini would have been burnt. I love the peek inside his home life. Right. It was fantastic. But those zucchinis he was cooking when he was interrupted, yes. totally like, would have blown in the steamers. I agree with you. The car chase scenes, motorcycle scenes, fantastic. What are your thoughts about the 70s lair and Rami Malek's borderline cultural appropriation clothing? <laughs> and the fact of the matter is, or whatever, he does not blink. Listeners, I encourage you to go this. The whole time I'm like, blink your eyes. Blink, blink, blink. He did not blink once. It was a I character choice. I'm sure it was, it was a character choice. And Michael choice. noticed he that never too. blinks. It certainly was, like, was a character choice, right? Uh, and that's him, right? Like, I was just like, oh, Well, Lord. you know, we were reminded that this was like an island between Russia and Japan, and Japan. And that they were fighting. And that, of course, he's wearing that kind of pseudo kimono. And it was just kimono kind of like, slash yeah, new jacket. it was, I was a like, bit of oh, this is close. I was like, this is close. And then, you know, the poor Asian people that were working in the, the poison garden. I was like, oh, poor people. That would probably be my only critique of this entire thing, too, is, is that there was some construction with Rami Malek as Safin, the villain, where did he really have to be so scarred? Every villain is scarred. But right? he was saved, right? Wasn't he like there was a hit on his family and that's why like he has yeah, those scars? Yeah, but I mean, it, it, um, it is a trope, right? In some ways. But either way, like the 70s layer, it was just like, oh my God, it was, I, we're like, in a 70s serious? bunker with Russia. Yeah, and it was just like, okay, fine. The other thing is, again... Listeners, you know I go for the deep cups. There's nothing like Ralph Rafe finds, <laughs> who's aged horribly. Yeah, let's be honest or whatever. Because remember when he played a politician and made him Manhattan? <laughs> I totally did. Just to remind, I'm saying that for our listeners because I'm like, hey, you guys, who's made him Manhattan? That is a deep cut. For I sure. still loved it, and that's a deep cut. But honestly, the not so subtle hints at the last foray with Madeline Swan, Swan Song, mm. Bond being perceptive of his child. Spoiler alert. Yes, yes. The kiss and leaving with a bang, and also the throwback. Uh, you know, his compadre Felix Leiter, the wonderful mm. Jeffrey Wright, dying in a similar way as Vesper did. Yes. Right? Yes. With the drowning and stuff. And I was like, oh, they're getting really poetic. But I was like, oh, this is happening. You know, he's passing. But let's be honest. Daniel Craig is the executive producer. This is his last foray. Mm -hmm. Yes, they held it to go in the theaters. Yeah, go out with a fucking bang, dude. He like, totally yeah, did. Totally he did, did. And he was just, and even he had his hero shot. Yeah. Like, you saw it. Like, in the right side. Even, like, 
and you haven't said anything about the clothing, Kuya. Oh, I know. Impeccable. Like, Michael must have been like, yes, look at him. Totally. Impeccable style. Impeccable. And I just thought, only Daniel Craig can wear short shorts in Jamaica. Like, I just thought short those shorts. are and then incredibly short shorts. suspenders. Yeah. Like, and looks nothing like, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm just doing the business. Okay, I'm going to run across. I'm like... How do you look? Well, and I have to tell you, when I saw the 007 exhibit here in Toronto that was hosted by Tiff. Yes. Yes. And I saw that for my birthday, actually. It was quite gorgeous. I wish Mm. I had taken more pictures of this particular exhibit. What was incredible was seeing some of the stuff that Daniel Craig wore. The man is like spelt thin and not that tall, actually. It was like, oh my gosh. Is he 5'10? I think he's only like 5'10, skimming, right? Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. if that, I would think probably just a little bit less than that. He looked gorgeous in all of his clothing and stuff like that. And the styling was just beautiful. It's great. Would you sample it again? Do I host a pop culture Filipino Canadian <laughs> podcast with one of my closest friends? Yeah. Yes, I do. And you, would you sample it again? Yeah, of course. But I think this time I would want to watch it back to back to back. Like I'd want to do a marathon from Casino Royale all the way to No Time to Die. I think that's how I kind of want to watch it over the course of a weekend and just kind of put it all together as like do one you- major movie. Can I ask you a quick question before we go to our final question? Do you appreciate his evolution? Like, Casino Royale was gritty. Yeah. And I liked it. I think you liked it too, right? I loved it, yeah. I like the Skyfall. Let's peek into his personality and his life. Well, what I found very interesting about the Craig Bond films and why mm-hmm. I love them so much is simply because of their peek into the psychology. True. Of yeah. Going from the grittiness. And we're basically seeing a soon to retire Bond. That's what they were building us up to, that he was mm-hmm. eventually going to walk away from this. Because how does anyone sustain this for a long period of time? Oh my God. You don't, right? <laughs> yeah. You don't. And he just wants a part of his life. And in the end, as you said, he has his heroes ending at this point, you know, which yeah. I think was poetic as you had described it in so many ways but yeah i can't wait to watch it all in one long swoop during the december break and i can't wait to kind of put it all together and just appreciate it for what it was right like a really well told story from beginning to end kind of like what the marvel cinematic universe has started to do is make sure that they start linking films together while i felt all these films were linked because i have to say previous bond movies didn't always felt feel so linked up together. You kind of had to kind of find it for yourself. But here, I thought that they did it quite well in terms of bringing it all full circle and p- peeking into the psychology of it all. To whom would you recommend this? Who would I recommend this to? My parents, <laughs> simply because they introduced me to Bond. And I have Same to say, time. I think that they haven't been watching it lately, but I think that they would enjoy this one. Oh, yeah. How about you? Who would you recommend? Um, Sam, I know my dad would love this. My father-in-law and I were talking about it. Followers of the Bond franchise, you, you got to go in For and sure. see this spectacle of Daniel Craig. And let's be honest, it gives us the question that we want more. Who is going to take on that mantle? It is unknown. I don't know. Uh, It is unknown. I think it should be someone young because this time around we had a grumpy Bond, Welsh Bond, debonair Bond. Mm -hmm. I think we need someone that is young and, you know, will take us from like maybe Bond getting into MI6. I think that would be a very interesting take on the Bond franchise. You need to patent what you just said. Yes. 
Uh, Kingsman started with the Kingsman now? I think you're on to something. You heard it first here on the Hello Hello podcast. Folks, we want to hear what you thought of No Time to Die. No holds barred. Tell us what you think. Email us at hollohollopopculture at gmail.com. You can tweet at us at hollohollopop. And we're on Instagram at Hollow Hollow Pop Culture. And also, the Hollow Hollow Podcast is available on all podcast platforms. We know you're binging. I see mm-hmm. the numbers going up, and we appreciate it. So download, rate us, leave a review. We greatly appreciate it. Yeah, thank you to our fans in California, Ontario, British Columbia, right? And I, we see you all over the world. Please Finally, we receive editorial <laughs> feedback from Mary Beth Badian. Our musical theme is by Child Spring, and we'll see all of you guys again real soon. See you soon. <laughs>